Welcome to Underdog Talk, and I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., and I have conversations with successful underdogs, and today we have Mr. Vernon T. Bateman. T. Bateman. How are you doing today? I'm marvelous, man. I'm good. I'm good. It's it's cold as ever today. I had to make sure we still going to be recording because it's I think it's negative outside. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cold. You know, sometimes when it get cold or the winter happen, we make excuses of why we can't do something. But we know winter going to come every year at the same time. No doubt. Um, so before we get into our conversation, um, I need a fun fact from you. Whatever. Yeah. A fun right. fact or whatever about yourself. Give me an example. What a fun fact. Like, what? Um, let's see. A fun fact. How about this? I'm black history. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I, that's crazy because I was just talking to people <laughs> about that. Some uh, It was some white people and it was some black people. Right. And we were just having a conversation because one of the teachers, which is a white lady, she was like, um, she was doing history. She was a sub in the class and she was telling them, like, really what history was like Columbus wasn't the first person to discover and all that okay. and then um, I forgot what she said about a kid saying something about black history and I'm like I'm black history no and like <laughs> no we doubt. all are because at some point we gonna be uh, dead and gone and our history still gonna be there for the generations after us no so it's like you have to say that so I like that that's a, that's a yeah. good fun fact no um, a fun fact about me I got my own clothes, uh, my own shirt on. I made this shirt, I think, almost two years okay. ago. Um, I'm going to bring the clothing line back this year. Uh, I named it after my son, um, Christian Dewan, but okay. it's just hard doing a, a seven different di- different things by yourself. Yeah, so yeah. I had to put one thing on the back burner, but I'm going to bring that back because I wear a lot of my stuff. And people be like, where did you get that? I like that saying. I'm like, oh, this is me. So yeah, yeah. I got to uh, bring that back. So that's a fun fact. I wear, I usually wear my own clothes, and that's a good thing to say, yeah, that you wear your own clothes. Speaking of clothes, I'm wearing Why Be Ordinary. That's my brother, Donnell Franklin. Actually, he got a movie coming out on the 27th of January called The Will to Win. I love this it. This is world premiere. It's amazing, man. He came and flew from Texas, Dallas, and that's been my backbone through the whole struggle of everything I've been going through, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the person I could call on and count on, like my brother, all the way threaded through. I love that. I love that because you need those people um, near you. Because if you don't, you'll feel like you're doing a journey by yourself. Yeah. And when you feel like you're doing it by yourself, you could crash out. You want to give up and all these different things. But when you got people that's there that can encourage you and you know lift you up or keep you accountable of what you say you're gonna do, that's gonna help you in the long run. So I love that. No doubt. No doubt. So, um, you got a crazy story. Mm-hmm. Like when um your buddy reached out, I was like, Man, I you know, I went and researched and looked it up and everything. Um, and I'm sure like people, you know, you ask some of the same questions, but my question my first question mm-hmm. is, how did you feel when you got put in handcuffs to go to jail? Like before the process mm-hmm. of you getting found guilty, how was it like Hold on, wait a minute. I'm Probably. I'm under arrest. How did that feel? Man, it was like shocking, man. Heartbreaking, you know. Real, real like uh, just real like like make you feel hopeless, you know. Yeah. yeah. How old were you? I just turned eighteen. Just turned eighteen. Yeah. So you get arrested. What's the next? What happens next? How your life changed for a good twenty some odd years? Uh, I was in uh. 
Kent County. I got arrested in Grand Rapids, Michigan, mm-hmm. in Job Corps Center mm-hmm. in 98. And uh, after that, they put me in a waiting process, and they held me for a minute. And then after that, they, uh, to Gary, uh, police come get you or whatever. And Gary came and got me after that. Then I go to Gary uh, County Jail. And in Gary County Jail, it was like serious in there, you know. It's all really gang-bang heavy type of stuff. So uh, it really just taught me a lot and learned transition and showed me like being a man and everything in prison, you know, uh, learning. And uh, I remember going to prison, I mean, in the county jail, I had a friend in there named Billy Galloway and then Ewan and whatever. They was from East Chicago, and they was in prison. I mean, they was in jail, but these dudes was getting out of jail mm-hmm. while you were still, while I'm still in jail. So yeah. I'm so young, really not knowing how to, how to even that affect you. You feel like the person you starting to grow your struggle with that y'all connected, but it's time for him to go home. And you... You know what I'm saying? So I remember crying tears that he was leaving, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what was your emotion when the judge hit that gavel and told you, how many years did you get? He sentenced me to 30 years. 30 years. How? What was like when she hit that and it was like a reality, like I'm about to be gone for a minute. What was your emotion? Really, I was in tears, man. It, it broke my heart. Sorry. I was in tears. It broke my heart, man. I really, because I felt like the DNA shit could have freed me or let me out. Yeah. But I actually, I asked the judge to give me a DNA test and they denied me from getting a DNA test. Wow. Yeah, in 98. So uh, that was really heartbreaking, man. My family crying in front of my family and being broken up in front of my family and stuff like that. It was really just heartbreaking experience. I was just having a uh, child that was born that was born in 98 as well, so I was trying to make it to my daughter and my daughter mother. Yeah, in the process. Dang, man, that that's rough. Like being 18 and your life changed for the worst for something that you didn't do. Yeah. And then you asked for something that could have freed me. Freed you 20 yeah. some odd years earlier. And that's that's just crazy that the system is like that. And the only reason it's like that is because you was a black man. If you was another, if you was a Caucasian man, they would have did everything, made sure all the tests and everything. So that's like, I'm, that's heartbreaking. I'm sitting here thinking about when I was 18, because I had turned 18 right after, a month after I graduated high school. So my mom was like, you can go to college. Or you could stay at home with me. I was like, well, I ain't staying home here with right, you. Right. I'm tired of these rules. So I, it was only one college, Vincennes, that accepted me. And I went to college. And I just remember that, trying to figure out life, being an 18-year-old, and yeah. you trying to figure out life as an 18-year-old behind bars. Yeah. That somewhere that you've never been, nobody gave you a manual, like, oh, this is what you do. You know, kind of when you're free, they kind of give you a manual of how to be an adult, but nobody has that manual of how to survive in, in prison. Yeah. So when you were in there, uh, what, what, was some of the, what was some of the things, like, when you first got in there? I know when you first got in there, it was like, okay, this is crazy. This is new. Yeah. I don't know what the heck is going on. So how did you, like, survive, the like, get through the first couple years? Being that young in there yeah, with like, those kind of people. 
I ain't gonna lie, like it was a lot of guys. It is terrible, and it's a, it's a, a lot of guys in there was like really on me to educate myself, you know. To and and then when I first went to prison, now now jail is different from prison. You go to jail, then you go to RDC, then you go to prison. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't say about RDC, it ain't what you think. It's a whole different. It's a whole different. Like now it changed, you know, like you had to cut your hair. If you had hair mm-hmm. and that type of culture, whatever, you had yeah. to cut it. Wow. And if you didn't cut it, you go get it and sit in the whole lockup and you go they go treat you real bad. You know, now it's different. You don't gotta cut your hair no more mm-hmm. and it's a different thing. But uh it's just in this illusion, like for RDC, people don't and a lot of people don't know and a lot of people not even conscious, but I truly think like RDC is a uh, is a scam, a process, of, like to extort our beans from our everything from us. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I say this because I really don't know how long you can house a person in that type of environment without giving them no access to no law library. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's an illusional law library. We, mm-hmm. There's no way there, there's no law library there. You see the request there to put in, but there's no law library there. I want to, and people can fact check and run cameras back and see, let me see a, a person, white man, black man, that go to, the law library from RDC. I want to see that, like, a camera, run a camera back from 20, 30 years ago. Whoever went to the law library there, nobody, it's an illusion. So you stay there for, like, 35 to 40 days, then you go to the prison. So now you go into prison, and I'm trying to fight my case every little time I can. Actually, I got my DNA from RDC, so RDC gave me like my DNA test so I could compare it like to whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh like in my case, a lot of people like, man, he locked up, he did they locked him up that long for rape with no DNA and this, that and third. And you would think that a person should be mad at the victim. Yeah. But I'm mad at the system because the victim don't take the rape kit home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The rape, the victim don't take the rape kit home, and it's, it's documents and it's paperwork to show evidence that she's been manipulated and, and coerced to say this is the man that raped me or whatever. Then she flipped it back and said this is the man that didn't rape me. So it's to me, it's I take this opportunity to be heard, and I appreciate you giving me a voice to get my story out. No problem. For once to see what's going on for real, for real behind the just the guilty verdict, you know what I'm saying? All white jury type of thing. And, you know, we need to show it this like a, a moment, like in history, need to be recorded. That's why I tell a lot of people it was George Floyd before George Floyd. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It just somebody had the the uh, strength and knowledge to record the moment. Yeah. To show like, man, this is what happened and what can we do to affect to change the outlook, but if nobody never recorded that George Floyd situation, it'd be they were against ours. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's that's exactly how it is. And now, 
we can pull our phones out and things are recorded. But think about Rodney King. That was back in the 90s. That just yeah. so happened to be recorded at that time. Yeah. So just because I was born in 86. So from Rodney King to now, there's been millions and uh, thousands of yeah. police killing people and doing people wrong yeah. and stuff happening. I remember when I was I was 19 years old and I went to school in Vincennes and we were on our way to Bloomington. And um, we got pulled over. Four black dudes in a, a car headlight out. We suspects for murder. Damn. Two hours. They did it. I'm I'm thinking in my head, hey, listen here, buddy. You ain't seen nobody that look like me. I ain't nobody. You yeah. ain't seen another match yeah. like me. So I'm thinking like, no, nah, this, you know, I'm yeah. like, I don't know what's about to happen. They found, I guess they found the people. So they let us go. But that was like traumatizing for us. Like, right. Dang, we could have went to jail for nothing. With nothing yeah. we did. We thinking the worst. We got liquor in the car. We under 21. That's, right, the, that's worst the worst we thinking. thinking. Like, yeah. dang, we got this liquor in the car. You know, they talking about we suspects for murder. None of our stories match. Everybody nervous. Yeah. So it's like that could have happened. But your story is uplifting because a lot of young people think, oh, let's be cool out here in the streets. And then, oh, yeah. we can get locked up. Being locked up ain't ain't yeah, ain't fun. Ain't, ain't like fun. you went in there for something you didn't do, yeah, yeah. and then they spend five to ten seconds of doing something, maybe thirty seconds at the most, and they get thirty years, and they think, oh yeah, I'm gonna go in there. It's gonna be no, yeah, it's is I I couldn't even imagine. I went to uh, jail just a little wherever at the where you get the lockup center right, for right. one day for twenty four yeah. hours because my license was bad. Got pulled over. I knew I was going to jail, so. I go in there, it's cold as ever. I got on shorts and a t-shirt. It's just a bunch of dudes around. They give us this nasty food. I'm like, oh no, I'm not eating none of that. Mm -hmm. And then you use the bathroom in front of everybody. I'm yeah. like, oh no, this is man, I I was like, hey, when do I go to court so I can get up out of here? Cause that wasn't for me. Just that 24 hours. Yeah, so I couldn't that. imagine you were in there over 20 years. Yeah. So what I heard you say, though, and I know this is true, they told you to educate yourself. Yeah. So how did you start to educate yourself? Because, I mean, you got a lot of, you know, a lot of time to be in there to do that. But right. what were the things that you were doing to educate yourself? Uh, actually, man, I was like, when you got a thing, when I fell, when I first got locked up or whatever in 98, it was still guys that did, already did 20 years back. Yeah. In, and mm -hmm. other guys that did 30 years back then. Mm -hmm. So now you got revolutionaries. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That they give you a panel. They give you a, a panel when you first come in and telling you like it's necessary to get education. Even like I was uh, speaking on before, like uh, uh, gang literature and stuff. Like this was uh, me coming from Gary. Uh, I was a part of a gang and learning different things, and then they let it be known, you know, that's old. It's yeah. a new thing now. Mm -hmm. Like, in here, that ain't go bro. We all, like, trying to educate ourselves. These are weapons, not knowledge, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Wisdom and understanding and trying to be something that you could be a reflection to your family for people won't be ashamed of you. You see gang members on the news that do gang things, you know. It's a different level from a gangster to a gentleman. And these guys iron the wrinkles out of me and show me how to be a gentleman, you know, show me how to do something to, it's gangster, it's, it's, it's real to help the old lady across the street. It's real to, like, be some example for your children to look up to. You know what I'm saying? Not nothing that people looking down and thinking it's, you know, in prison they share war stories and it's, that type of thing, they glorify a prison, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's all about trying to each 
reach one, reach one, teach one, and help each other get to a level that you can be respected. You can look at yourself in the mirror and you can feel respected, you know, under the conditions, whatever it is. And there's people that you'll be thinking like, man, okay, I got 30 years. It's terrible. And it's the worst thing in the world can happen. I'm innocent. But you'll see uh, somebody else that got 300 years mm. and he's still smiling because God affected this man's heart that he could still smile. So just the way that I'm trying to demonstrate to and I'm trying to live this way, like how this man smile, this man stay consistent, diligently go to the law library and fight. Uh, I got guys that been on death row that they that these guys helped me teach me my case and learn my uh, learn situations like learning, just educate me in different things of my case to file emotions, this how you do this, this how you do this, this is a different response because this all, I'm learning how to read and write in prison, so it's kind of difficult for me, but these dudes is pushing me, man, and they and they let me know, like, bro, you're supposed to be here. I can't read medical records. I can't read, I don't know what's going on, you know what I'm saying? But they tell me, bro, we could see it, bro, and you, you're supposed to be here. And, you know, it's bad guys in prison, it is, and it's a lot of good guys in there too, you know. Like I don't just because you think a person got prison and be like, oh man, you know, uh Malcolm X, he say, it ain't a shame of being a black man going to prison. The shame is being a black man getting out of prison and still keeping a criminal mind. So mm. that's the that's the shame. So that's the development of that you could because you I was young, so I was bitter and fighting for nothing. So these dudes set me down and showed me how to fight for something and fight for my freedom and fight for the opportunity to be around my family and my children and stuff like that, you know. I, I, I love that because most of the time you hear different kind of stories of when somebody's in there and what they deal with. But them guys saw that you wasn't supposed to be in there. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like in the neighborhood, like, the guy that played basketball, he want to be hard and want to just like, right. nah, man, go play ball. You yeah. don't need to do this. Go over there. Yeah. And that was great that they educated you because if they didn't, uh -huh. you might have just sat there and like, oh, I'm going to just do these years. But yeah. they they understood, like, man, he not supposed to be here. He don't even know what's going on. Let's educate him and help yeah. him. So when you get out, because there's a lot of times where people get out and they still have that mindset. I got a cousin. I ain't seen him since I've been a kid, but he been in and out of prison just because he got that mindset. He get out, maybe stay out for a little bit and go do something and go right back in. And it's because they don't change their mind while they're in there. And that's the same thing as being free. You can be uh, incarcerated in your mind and still be free because yeah. you don't want to do certain things or you think, oh, this is how it's supposed to be because I grew up in this neighborhood and that's what they said it's supposed to do. But you got to step outside of that and, yeah. and educate yourself. And I love that they told you to educate yourself. And it's, 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 it's guys that you will see, you know what I mean? It's a lot of what not to be in prison too. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know growing up in prison, you learning emotions, you learning in this prison, they telling you be tough in here. Ain't mm -hmm. no emotions, ain't no crying, you know. And this thing, this the type of things that make you human, make you shy. You know, you gotta have opportunities in life to be shy, to be embarrassed, to be. Those things develop the man to be to make a person human, you know. And in prison, it's hard to even express those things. So I took the advantage to kind of show, even though I lost my childhood in prison. I reflected in the, in my books and stuff like that 
So that's why what motivated me to write children books of you. That was yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I looked it up. Um, before we get there, okay. I, this is just a question anything, I got. Uh, do you feel like what happened to you was karma for something you did previous, or do you think it was just just how your how your life uh, the journey of your life was supposed to go? Nah, what happened to me, I felt like not karma because I always like sowed good seeds mm -hmm. and you reap what you sow, you know. I was the person that was like trying to be the, uh, I've been a I've been a good dude. Like it's, I've been trying to, I didn't did things to people, you know what I'm saying, and fought and did other things, but I ain't never hurt a person to a point that I took their life or I did something mm -hmm. that deserved 30 or 25 years in prison, you know what I'm saying? 20, I ain't never did nothing to that degree. But you could be on a journey and God could take you on another journey. The thing is I kept my faith. I lost my faith. I lost my faith in God and everything mm -hmm. in prison. You know, I felt bitter. I yeah. Getting sentenced 30 years, I'm like, it ain't no God. I don't believe in none of this. Yeah. So I was trying to reflect my energy on things like that towards, you know, being better till I saw dudes, like I was saying, they got 500 years and more years and 700 and some years like that. Then dudes got life without parole and they still smiling. You know, uh, I sh they showed me like, it's deeper than just being, you know, bitter. Show you have an opportunity to show that you better, you know, and if any way that you can reflect a different part of your heart to the world to let a person measure your character or conduct then that's what it is you know that's how I was trying to be the example I, I, I like that what you said you be on a journey and God take you on another one it's almost like it's something out the Bible like you was that good you know you like you said everybody do something but you never done nothing where you should have got those many years yeah, but God uh -huh. took you yeah. to that and took you through all those years to be where you at today. It's kind of like me. I didn't know why I was born with uh, short arms until I was 30, until I went to go speak in front of people. And they were like, your story is inspirational. Yeah. And, and then I started learning that pe like I inspired people. And I was like, oh, that's why I was born this way. Yeah. And it's like, it sucked. Yeah, I yeah. gave, like like you said, you give up uh, faith in God. I would pray every, like as a shorty, I'm like, man, can I wake up with normal arms? And it just never yeah. happened. And it's like, my mom always, like she told me at one point, she's like, your arms ain't going to change, so you got to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And when she told me that, I was like, all right, bet. But it's like the process of that journey is hell, but right. you got to do it because it's not for you. Yeah, it's yeah. for other people. Yeah. And it. And it's like you said, it's about your character. Because yeah. there's some people that would have gave up. There's some people yeah. that might. I saw a lot of people give up. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a lot of people, like, even, like, I saw a lot of people give up, man. And not just in different forms of giving up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it, it just, it's, I, saw the, I saw the broken, man. Like, I try to represent the hopeless and the broken, you know, because I've been that person, too. Yeah. I've been broken, reaching out to people and, you know. And you know how the world is. A lot of people just ride the wave. Like, uh, I don't know who won the championship, uh, Kansas City. How many Kansas City fans now? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. people with the yeah, wave. It's, or it's what's people going on. that definitely. The winning. Don't nobody care about the underdogs or the losers. Nope. You know, so that's why the uh, title of your uh, podcast, The Underdog, I'm like, yeah, I like that, man. Yeah, because I've been the underdog since yeah. birth. And it's like, 
when you the underdog, it's it's good to be the underdog because I love that nobody believe in me. Because yeah, yeah, when I get on basketball, is how I got to get this confidence and be who I am. So okay. when I get on the basketball court, I love don't don't believe in me. I yeah, love it. Yeah, you ain't got to no believe doubt. in me at all because I know what I'm about to do. And then when they realize, oh dang, it's too late. Yeah, you you didn't. Way. I didn't got hot, and now I'm just talking, and I talk trash <laughs> right, like right, KG. Right. So I'm like. <laughs> Dang, they like, oh man, well, that's your fault. You thought I couldn't hoop. That's right. your, but that's the same thing with me. Like, I don't really on a basketball court, I don't notice that my arms are short. So I see somebody come I'm like, man, he can't hoop. And I be thinking to myself, I can't judge somebody because right, right, people right. judge me. Yeah. But I mean, it's just a natural thing. Like when you doing something, you might judge somebody how they dressed or how they look, yeah. and you be wrong. Because someone could hear your story, they'd be like, oh, he ain't, he, he a thug, he this, that, right. and the third. But then they see, oh, he, he got children's books? Oh, he go speak? Right, right. He do this and that? Because yeah. people always go underestimate you because of your situation or your appearance. And yeah, that's no. their fault that they did that. So when when you were in, uh, in there locked up, okay. writing a book, where did that come up from and what, how long did it take for you to do that? Really, I did it from the hole. I was in prison, and then they sent me to the hole. Uh, I really don't even know why they put me in the hole, and I was in the hole for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was starting to lose my faith and still, you know, in prison. Really a life, man. Everybody got to have something to look forward to, yeah. you know. But prison different. So you got in just life, being human, you got to have something you love, you know. So uh, you got a lot of people loving commissary. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people, I don't know, commissary is cookies and chips and stuff like that. You got a lot of people loving uh, each other, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, they're, and uh, you got a lot of, it just, so I was just trying to reflect to my child. I knew I'm missing all this time out of her life. And I really was trying to like reflect back to what can I do? So you want to go in the child world. You want to get them something that, you know what I'm saying, that nobody can take. And these people, like I've been in hole, and they in hole, you don't, in hole is considered isolated confinement. Mm -hmm. 23 and 1, most of the time it's 24. Because they'll ask you, do you want to come out for wreck? And it'll be 4 in the morning, you know what I'm saying? So you really go miss that. And if you sleep when they go past, you ain't go, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I wanted to give her something that nobody could take from her. I wanted to, get, like, in this, so I just wanted to do something and wanted to protect her because I'm seeing the boogeyman around. I'm knowing, I'm learning from the boogeyman. I'm hearing the boogeyman talk, you know what I'm saying? So this was teaching me how I could prevent my child to not cross these, uh, uh, don't be vulnerable to that type of plot, you know? So, and... uh that's why it's safety tips in the back of all my books and my children's books. It's safety tips in the back of them. And it's really safety tips that we probably heard when we was young, but we didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? We didn't pass it down to our kids. So they don't know why we'll be like, what's the family password or something like that. Mm -hmm. People don't really understand how valuable that alone can help your child survive because kids is easily manipulated and things like that, you know? So, uh, with those little key things, it can help. So I just wanted to try to find a way, man, that I could give her something and give my kids something all the way for it can last for a long time and things like that. 
And then God worked in me, man. So God, and it's, you know, if you got something in pr- prison, you go, people kind of put you down. Yeah. But some, most of the people that was in prison was trying to encourage me to keep doing it. That's mm-hmm. something positive. That's something yeah. doing, you know what I'm saying? So people like, man, do it. But then you still got the negative. It's on which one is the, it's a balance. So I just want to, the negative kind of motivated me to continue doing it. I'm like, well, man, you got a sex case. How you got about to do children books? God said do it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what God said. And there's ways that I got where the prison tried to stop me from doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the reason, yo, why was more important than what anybody was talking about because even in prison, not being able to see your child, you still was a father because you was like, how can I help my child while I'm in here? Yeah. And that's the most important thing as a dad. Like, we not going to get it all right. We not always yeah. going to have all the money. We not going to be able to take them places, but we can give yeah. them something that can last. That's why I made a clothing line for my son. My biological dad died when I was four. Right. He didn't leave me and my brother nothing but questions. So yeah. I'm like, if I if something happens to me, I want him to be able to have something of his own so he can do whatever with it. And that's what the same thing you did. Yeah. So um, before we get into the books, Okay. With your child, did she come visit? Like, how was that relationship while you were in there? Like, my her mother passed away while I was in prison. Mm. Yeah, off a car accident. So that was a big toll on her. And I, like, expected my family to be supportive, kind of, to be. And they was in their ways, but it ain't like the way that we were, we were like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so, but life go on and life is everything. You don't hold no blame to nobody. You don't, you just want to grow, man, and want to try to be some type of value in their life now. And uh, that was a thing. So that's why, what really motivated me to, to go in her world, try to do art and do things like that. And even either now, like all these parole conditions, it made it so hard for me to really be a father to her because she have a child now, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't be, I couldn't be around the child, her grandbaby into these stipulations and all this type of stuff. So right now we had a process of making it happen that I could see my grandson for the first time. And, you know, it's just a lot, man, with this type of thing on you. But as God give you the strength to keep going, you know, that's why I'm at really now. And I know it's light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. Yeah, I, I I know that has to has to suck that uh, you can't be around because I know my mom, she's a grandma for the first time with my son. And like, I don't know what it is when people become grandparents, they say skip their kids and the grandkids yeah. get all the loving yeah. so that like you'll still you'll be able to have that love that you yeah. miss from your daughter, from your grandson. So that's yeah. super dope. So what was um, the first book that you uh, wrote and finished? The first book I wrote was Mommy, I Want to Fly. Let me see. Yeah, that's the first one. Okay. Yeah. You did the artwork on here? Yep. That's dope. Were you an artist before you went in? Were you, like, as a kid? I was like a kid, like, uh, getting into art contests in the uh, neighborhood and stuff like that. Okay, so you already had that in you. Yeah, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I, I I love it, man. I love the artwork. 
That's dope. This is dope. Because I've, I've always wanted to do, I, I'm a co-author in a book, uh -huh. but I kind of like, uh, it was just a chapter. I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. Like, right, right, right. I, English, that ain't my thing. It's crazy because I write a lot. I take notes and stuff, but like to sit down and like focus on that one thing is yeah, very topic, difficult yeah. to, to do. But I know what I want to do. Like, I know what I want to write about about myself, but it's just then having like thinking back to all the memories of yeah. being a kid and stuff. Right, right. And then the conditions I was in when I did it, like that's what really more, you know what I'm saying? That's what it's the mindset. You really, the mind is really powerful, man. So you could be, I'm going through some man that, in, at the time, fighting for my freedom, fighting, waiting for answers from my appeals and stuff, and being manipulated by different uh, thinking a certain attorneys go help me and they take my money and certain things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot in being in a cell, like strip searched in a cell, like with nothing, you know, a camera in the cell with you and stuff like that. And at the same time, having a zeal to like, the uh, fortitude, the strength to finish those books, to know how powerful the air to be if they touch the soul or if they get in the right hands, you know. That's what was my mission was, and that's why then I saw a uh, movie like uh, Hurricane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I believed that it was possible, you know, things like that. I believed that it was possible. But I didn't want to just give them stuff that our kids weren't going through, like stuff that just books talking about just nothing, you know? Yeah. And people think children books is easy, but if you ain't giving them real knowledge on uh, stuff where they can nurture themselves and stuff, it ain't easy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you just doing some, I don't know, green eggs and ham, it's easy. Yeah, because you, know you got to think about when you wrote when you wrote a, this book, this is what, er, how, when did you finish this? Uh, I think 2012. 2012. It's 2024. Kids is different now. You got to put some type of technology in that yeah, type gotta, of kids yeah. book. Or like with like back when then or back when we were younger, uh, it's like um, bullying was in person. Now it's right. cyber bullying. It's yeah, all yeah, different yeah. kinds. So, Actually, yeah, children's to, book, you got to be able to switch yeah. it up. That was my second book. This is my second book called They Can't Hurt Me No More. It's dealing with bullying, gangs, and suicide for children. It's really uh, inspired by a true story. Uh, a young kid named Jamarcus Bell, he uh, got bullied, and I talked to his uh, father uh -huh. or something, and then he asked me to do a story on his son. So this was dealing with bullying, gangs, and suicide. It's called They Can't Hurt Me No More. Mm. And it's real powerful. It's, uh, sing along jingles in the book is uh, a little poetry in the book in the back. You know, I love that because I was bullied as a kid, yeah. and I uh, attempted to commit suicide uh, right. twice as a kid because it was like nobody understood mm -hmm. what I was going through because nobody else around right. was going through it. So it's like everybody. I'm from Michigan City, so it's a okay. small town. So everybody know everybody. They treated me, you know, right, right. with. Like I was normal, but then you also had those people that was bullies. And then it was just to the point where I'm like, man, I got to stand up for myself because mm -hmm. this going to happen all the time. So I 
Like, I work in the school system, and if I see a bully, I be having to catch myself because I be ready to fight for that's a kid. Right, like, right. man, you can't, don't bully no kid. Especially, I used to work in um, special education. I never looked at myself like a person in there just because my arms were short. That just didn't stop me from doing anything. But seeing mm. these kids and then seeing kids trying to be funny and bully them or talk about them, it's like, man, it ain't even that kid's fault. It's their parents' fault because yeah. their parent ain't teaching them. There's going to be people that look different than you. There's going to be kids that, you know, ain't the same as you. Right, Don't right, laugh right, at them. Right. Don't, you know, I had to check my son before. He wasn't being mean. He was just talking about it. And I was like, hey, when it comes to those kind of, you you let them be or you be nice to them. You make sure don't nobody mess with them because bullying, that, that shit sucks. Yeah, it sucks like man. for somebody to bully you and keep messing with you and then I Shoot, I was short, and I didn't get to be in five foot till I was in 10th grade. So I was a shorty, so it was like, but it was like, I'm not about to let y'all keep messing with me. And I came quick with the jokes. And you got to, yeah, but you but you got to, but for me, my connection with bullying was with the system. Yeah. For me, trying to fight for my freedom. Yeah. And they keep, and it's always, it was all like, I feel like I'm being bullied out of my freedom because I don't got a fair share of justice. And it's a mis miscarriage of justice by demonstrating uh, a case without no evidence, you know. That's all, and then it's all about who is at fault of it, who signed for it, who did it, who took it out, who, you know, it's all about that. And that's addressing the bully. Instead of keeping it in the closet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the system is a bully. Like, it's meant to set people up to live an average life, live a poor life, or live a life that they ain't deserve because there's people that go to jail for stuff they didn't do. Some people are still in jail and they didn't get out and they didn't do anything. Or it's 20, 30, 40 years later and it's like, oh, we're going to give you this money and yeah. here you go. It's like, man, you robbed me of my life. Yeah, like ain't like no moments, money. Ain't moments, no money. Yeah, moments with my children. Yeah. moments with my grandbaby. Moments with my children. Whatever you know, like these moments is so hard to get back. So from the outside looking in, a person like I feel like, and it, it just it just hard, man, because you think okay, he been convicted, so let's this that and third. But how many people just been convicted but didn't do it and and just don't got the strength to continue to fight, you know. And yeah. that's what's that's what it the balance at. That's why like I appreciate you giving me an opportunity for some people to hear me and some people to come forward to help if they can help. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's that I I want that type of help. You know what I'm saying? I want somebody to come forward to be like, Man, look, we could do this and file this motion or we could support you in this way or whatever, you know, I'm here. Like I I still I deal with the Board of Education for Indianapolis, so they trying to figure out how to incorporate my books in the school system. Yeah. You know, but it's so much, I'm going through so much tape because of these charges. So yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's messed up. We uh, we didn't, uh, it's messed up you didn't do this and this, that, and the third, but uh, it just it's just a conflict, man, on how, like they wish I was doing anything besides children books, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But my passion is my passion, and I can't stop to help. I, I know I can heal, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you, so your voice is needed yeah. for the kids. If you think about what's going on in Indianapolis, how mm -hmm. these young kids are killing each other mm -hmm. and going to jail and thinking it's cool. I coached mm -hmm. um, basketball, and I think 
one of my players, he's in there for murder, or I don't think he did it, but he was with the person. And right. then another one, he went to jail because uh, he was st- uh, still in a car. And it was the moments of COVID, and we stopped the program, of uh, the mentoring program and coaching, and these things happen. Or, like, I'm in a league. I had to coach an AAU team, and we're in a league. And the guy was like, um, from last year, there's like three or four kids that ain't here this year because they either in jail or they did. And kids need to hear that because yeah. – they need to know when, the real. Yeah, know the real because yeah. some people don't give them the real or you get some people that come home and make jail cool. Yeah, it and it's like, like no, nah, jail ain't cool. Like I got a corporation for guys that's in prison. They donate to my corporation. These They they donate to my corporation. And the corporation, like uh, dealing with gun violence and a lot of uh, kids and uh, people that – Died from gun violence that don't get insurance. Mm-hmm. We try to hunt out and then we try to use and utilize the money to pay for the funerals and things like that to help out. But this, I'm just getting out of prison. I ain't even been out, uh, I'm barely out six months, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's all new to me, a lot of things new to me, transitioning in society. But I'm just living off my dreams and I'm really putting that forward, trying to make my dreams. I know what God do, so I'm just using God to do what I what I can do, and God really uh, putting the right people in my path. That's how we got met each other. Yep. You know what I'm saying? From Have you uh, ever heard of Miss uh, V? Now, you know, um, Wilo Two Six Seven. I didn't mean to cut you off, no. but you, you ever heard of him? No, man. So he uh, he has one of the number one top podcasts. Him and um, Gilly the Kid, that's his cousin, okay. and he went to jail for 20 years. All right. Um, he got out. He's a multi-millionaire. Went to all the kind of the stuff you went through. Like mm-hmm. he couldn't travel. He couldn't do this. So that's somebody I would say, look him up on um, Instagram. However, if you get the email, write him. Be like, tell him what your thing See, is. I'm learning email, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know, so know. yeah, I I'll write him. I I write him for you and tell him about your story and see if he write back. Cause sometimes you know you write people on yeah. on social media. Even if I gotta find an email just to be able. I'm going to tag him in a clip when we put this okay, up. So see cool. if he can help. Because he, he went through the same thing. He got out 20 years. He got uh, with lawyers, and they got him with businesses and all this different stuff. But he had a lot of restrictions because of his case or whatever. And he goes into schools and all that. But he was a criminal um, for what he did. But he, you know, he overcame that. So I was thinking of that when you said that because that's messed up. Like, okay, you got this conviction, but you didn't do it. Yeah. So. Everything should be wiped off. Like, right, all right, right, here, go live your life. Like, that's yeah. crazy because I know it's frustrating for you. Yeah, It's like I got yeah, all this cool. dope stuff going on, but they don't want to let me do it. But they not going to stop you because, like you said before, God got you. Yeah, it's God, God told right. you to do this, and you have a why behind it. Sometimes people do it, come out, they want to do stuff or just do stuff in general for money. It's not for money. It's for to I help promise, people bro, I wish and to I, I leave promise, an impact. Bro, I, I wish I could, like give these books away free if I can afford to do it. I can't afford to give them all away free, but majority, if I do make an order, most of the time I'm giving them away free. You know what I'm saying? But if, if you know, people look at the book and look at the pictures and be like, man, that's really good, this, that, and third. But if you really take time to read the books, man, it's powerful. Like, this one of the ones I just recently did called Hope for Winfrey, mm-hmm. The Hope to Win My Freedom. So I broke it down as an acronym, but this is the only book that do have Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and Amaya Ivory in it as characters. And it's like 
talking that this was my march. While everybody was out there marching in the street, this was my march. I was in shackles. I was in the holes, you know what I'm saying? And every book, just ironically different years, every book I ever done, it came from the hole. That's how long they kept me in the hole different times, you know? Man, that that's so crazy because a lady I just had on, Miss Katina Washington, she went on a sabbatical and mm-hmm. she wrote her book uh, in two weeks into the month of what she took off for a month, but in two weeks she wrote it and she was like just being isolated and, you know, yeah. just having that time to herself is what helped her write that. Yeah. And that's just ironic that you said that every time you wrote a book, it was because you was in the hole. Yeah, trying and, to help out and trying to, what's the name? But I'm a, it's a piece in this book I do want to it's called, uh, it's crazy, it's called Come Inside My Janitor Closet. <clears throat> I'm going to read it. Yeah, go a, ahead. Okay. I said, come inside my janitor closet. I believe in some form or fashion everyone should experience and discover the, magna- the magnitude of solitude to the degree that it strengthens their individuality to understand self-determination. If this world was made without numbers, scores, or measurements, then maybe we wouldn't have the ability to overcome and succeed to even be considered first or last. The element of the temperature from the climate of the measurement of struggles will be cold but yet still burn. I sense the velocity of the air we breathe this very moment to distinguish yourself from thee. I urge you to not deny your perception of emotion or the influence that withheld in your heart to decipher good or bad. Shame should live in you, but not out you. Webster terminology of freedom is the state of being free of constraints. Now you calculate the steps you took outside yourself that you surrendered to someone who persuaded your mind to walk behind who you really are. It's uncommon how truth reveals your shadow and greed reveals your truth. I love that, man. That's 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 dope. That's powerful. Like what you got going is powerful in itself because there's a lot of people that would have gave up. Even getting out, they would have just tried to just live life, live, you know, just go in the flow of things. But you come out and you want to make an impact on other people's lives. That's so important because everybody has a different walk of life and every walk of life can help somebody out. And people don't realize that even a homeless person, you can go sit down and talk to them and they could give you some advice that can help you not go down that road. So you can't look at somebody because they've been behind bars or because they look a certain way or something happened in their life because they still have knowledge. They still have air uh, breathing and they still have a brain that can help them give you some information. So I love that. So I love art. So I will, yeah. like, I'm an art person. I can't draw. Oh, yeah. I can't draw at all, but, but you know, I can uh, color. I, I can color and I can paint. Okay. But I couldn't do it. So this first one with the blue, what? Explain that. All right. It's called, the name of these paintings is called You Closet My Innocence. Mm. Uh, it's a true story. Actually, it's a true story named, about a boy named George Stinney. This was the uh, youngest black kid that ever was, ever was executed uh, by the electric chair. Dang. He was 14 years old. <clears throat> you see the books under yeah. his butt? They're my books because this is a true story. They, it just I just put my books mm-hmm. because I felt like my situation been closet too. So that's why I got it inside of a closet. But he was so little that they put books under his butt 
and I encourage the the world, whoever watching, to to Google this story and, and spread light on George Stinney's story as well as mine. Uh, you see an officer right here with ice cream, yeah. trying to give him ice cream. They gave him ice cream for him to confess to the murder of two uh, white girls that he helped them actually look for uh, some flowers or something. He helped them actually look for the body. I mean, look for them when they got lost or whatever. But the little girls was just cutting flowers with the scissors. And uh, I think come to find out that the DNA ended up proving his innocence after they executed him. Wow. And this a guy that was in prison that was fighting for him. That's why he's inside of a closet. And you see the noose. And you see the uh, KKK uh, banner. Because that's, I think, played a major part inside of his execution. And the gun out of a fishbowl. And there's two goldfish. The frame got it set up. But there's a flower coming out of there because I think they said it's the police that end up killing the uh, little girls when they executed them. Wow. So that's this painting. And that's wow. why it's inside of a closet. I, that The concept behind it that you explained it, not looking at it, is super dope. But that story, I definitely got to look that up. That is that's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's real. And the expression on his face, I tried to capture it. So this is a... Uh, you tell me what you see, and I'm gonna give you the vision. Uh, the elephant in the room. Uh, let's you tell see. me what you see. I see. Uh, basically, the elephant in the room is the black person in the room full of white people, or America, because we got the correct uh, the flag. We got animals. We got cameramen. We got the white guy back there. You got black people in shackles way in the back. Then you got some white people up front. So I feel like it's something to do with how we are are portrayed in America. All right, I'm about to give you the, what it is. Um, since it's Black History Month, I'm going to give you the real deal. And I encourage everybody to Google, uh, look up this story too, Topsy the Elephant. You see Topsy is inside of a electric chair. Mm -hmm. It's a true story. Mm -hmm. They put an elephant, executed an elephant. Yeah, what? It's a true story. This was in the closet. That's why I got it inside of a closet. The whole thing. And when we know uh, the light bulb in the closet, what's this? Who 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 we know that did the light bulb, that created the light bulb? Uh, what's his name? Um, Albert Einstein? No. no, that's not him. Who? Wait. Thomas... Thomas Edison. Okay, right. yeah, I'm thinking yeah. wrong person. Thomas Edison created the light bulb, but he also created the electric chair that don't nobody know. His his opponents was an electric uh, couch or an electric bathtub. That's who he was up against. And yeah. he couldn't wait for the opportunity to show that an electric chair was the perfect uh, demonstration to execute the human. So <clears throat> Thomas Edison recorded this 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 whole execution and when you look you can see it so I got the uh, but before he had the opportunity to execute an elephant let me tell you about Topsy Topsy was the first elephant that ever was born in America supposed to be actually it was kidnapped from Asia and brought to America it was kidnapped from Asia and brought to America so once it got big and lost his beauty, 
they put it in a circus. So I got a circus mm. suit to show it was a circus. Now the circus handler right here, he was drinking. So you see his heart broken and the shadow through his heart is broken on the floor. But he was drinking and they fired him. Mm -hmm. So they fired him and he, they got a new handler. The new handler put a cigar up Topsy nose. So she run him over trying to get away. When she run him over trying to get away, uh, they get a new handler. Now they promote Topsy to kill an elephant. We have to, Topsy to kill an elephant, this, that, the third. So uh, they sell tickets. They sell tickets to see Topsy to get elephant, get executed. So she get another handler. They uh, treat her like a killing elephant. Mm -hmm. Actually, this original handler can make the elephant do tricks like a dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, they, she run the, she run the other handler over and kill that handler too. So now they really like, oh, this is an elephant, this, that, the third. So I got the dress hanging up to show that it's a female elephant. And uh, so the original Topsy, where they get this name from, Topsy, mm. was a slave from a slave female mm. that was inside Uncle Tom Cabin. So right here you see the original Topsy at the execution. Oh. The ball and chain on her ankle, breastfeeding a white baby, knowing that she got to get his baby the strength to slave her babies. These her babies behind. Oh wow. So uh I use I got the dogs, donkeys, birds in it and cats because that's what Thomas Edison was using to execute before he had the opportunity to use the uh to execute the elephant. And I painted the donkey red, white, and blue to demonstrate that it was Democrats that knew what was going on as well as the logo for the Republicans. They knew what was going on in America. So that's what it is. Hey, that's, that's dope. Like, both of these stories is like, what the hell? But the art behind it, yeah, you definitely, somebody need to, to, to pay for these because, like, when you tell that story, it makes it even more powerful because you look at it, you're like, man, this is a powerful story. But then when you explain what's behind it, it's like, what in an elephant? And then a 14-year-old boy, like, and wow. You see, executing wasn't good enough. They put a noose around her neck as well. So in her leg caught on fire when they executed, but that's why I just cut the noose right here. But they put a noose around our neck as well. When you see the, the execution on YouTube, you can see it. Wow. Wow, that's that. That's that's heartbreaking in that it's an animal to get. It's already like when you see people treat animals a certain way, but to execute the animal because these people was pushing the wrong narrative and just because the first person, you know, was drinking or whatever and he got fired, it was the only person that could right. could have saved you know the elephant. Saying? And like, they wow. tried to give it they tried to get it at the time they tried to get at because topsy elephants can sense certain things. So who could trying to harm them or whatever. So they tried to pay the original handler a certain amount of money to get the topsy from this point to this to the execution. So they, uh, but dude didn't take no money. Yeah. And at Man. the time back then, it was a lot of money. Like, I think they tried to give him like $1,000, and at the time, that was a whole lot. Yeah, that, 
And that that was good on his character though yeah. that he didn't. And I know he was probably heartbroken that they even did that. Yeah. And just that's why I got him in there, heartbroken and. But just to think about it though, who wonder if anybody ever talked to him or you know because the story probably didn't come out. The real story didn't come right. out till later. Like he could have maybe just went through depression or something because he could have felt like a like he failed the elephant because. I'm drinking, I got fired, and look what happened to and because I'm right. sure they had some type of a bond. Yeah. And that's just crazy to think like that. Like, dang, that's messed up because there's more people that get hurt when somebody else is wrongfully killed or wrongfully convicted or whatever yeah. the case may be. That affected your child of not having her father there yeah. forever for the longest of times. No and then when you say her mom passed away, that like for her as a kid. And was it was early in her life? Yeah, yeah, it was early, but still, man. Yeah, like, she like, was like seven to five. Yeah, like was, my mom gone, my dad gone. Yeah. Like as a kid, you like, yeah. what the hell am I supposed to do? And then if you don't have those loving family yeah, members, right, yo, yeah. like back then, enough. It, it, they would, you know, people are supported enough. But you know, moments, man, it's it'll turn into a moment. And you know, my daughter, she growing, man. She want to learn. She want to. You know, they want to go to the, they want to get that mother feeling, that father feeling. Yeah. And it's been deprived from her because of my situation and circumstances. So that's why it's it's a fact. Even mental health, it's a mental, I, I, I got a mental health pain. I really was going to bring it because this, they said it's the first pain that ever, that you could call and you'll go inside of it. It's a phone call pain. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. But no, nah, this was fitting yeah, because yeah. for yeah, Black History Month. Because uh, I work in a school and just thinking about like they don't do nothing for Black History or it's the oh, same man, five, the same some, five people that they talk about yeah, every time. No, I got some, bro. I got some. I got the real deal. Yeah. I promise, I got the real deal. I'm talking about that's that's deep. I got the real deal, man. Yeah. Yeah, I got a museum for you, man. Yeah. That, that's dope. That's dope that you, man. That's I'm just inspiring. For a platform they put my art on. I got over five thousand pieces though. I'm looking for a platform to put it on. Man, man, you can see if you can put your art in here. Yeah, I'm because there's every every person that uh, out of the paintings, somebody did that and oh, okay. sold it here. Yeah, okay. like or get you or uh, if you can, depending on the kind of vendor event, get go to a vendor event and have your paintings up. Yeah, I got some stuff, man. I got some stuff way bigger and better. I got some stuff. Yeah, those you know, are ways I just that you to show that on light because I felt like I could connect with it because. My situation is inside of a closet, yeah. and it's time to bring it out. Like a lot of people, we don't know what's going on, but I got something for our history and everything. Yeah. I got something that but really needs to be told. Everybody's in the closet if you think about it, yeah. because either they not being themselves and they trying to be other people, or they just haven't unleashed their gifts and their talents out. They they stuck in the closet. They got that outfit right, right, right. for that party and they've been waiting for it and the party didn't already happen and they just got that outfit yeah. in there and they just just holding on for it when they think it's the right time and they should have been wore it because yeah. we we all are stuck at some point, especially uh being having uh not I didn't have COVID but COVID. Yeah. Like when we all were stuck at home. Like we had to really sit and think about like, all right, what what am I about yeah, to do with my week? life? It's a COVID children book too. Oh, that's I dope. I did it in the process of COVID. That's dope. Yeah, COVID COVID was difficult. Especially um like for my son here, uh, my mom, her husband um passed away. So 
that was tough on him because mm. that was like his homie. Yeah, like yeah, he go yeah. up there for the summer, he go do different stuff with him, and you know, grandkids, he get whatever. He getting the the sixty dollar candy, all this stuff, yeah, and right, then right, boom, right. that happened, and it was like. I don't remember. He was young, so it was like he understood but didn't understand. So as a parent, you had to break that down and explain it to him and just the different dynamics that happened with COVID. Like, the world changed, and people didn't realize it. Like, a lot of stuff got exposed, and people still don't pay attention to it. Like, they're saying COVID going to come back around. Uh, Like, COVID happened, right? And nobody said it ended. It just stopped. Right, like right. everybody just everybody still get it here and there and just stop, but now it's gonna come back again. It's just crazy how the world works and how these different things, like uh, the vaccinations and all that. Yeah. That was it was just, it's all a setup. Um, it's just it's just crazy how the world works. But yeah, COVID for in, me was in, good, in, but in for some it was, wasn't. In prison it was tough. You know, in prison it was COVID inside a prison. That's when I did that book inside a prison. Bunkies had COVID, everybody had COVID, and at the time, man, they, they was treating us bad in prison, you know what I'm saying? I like, like this picture. It was really terrible in prison. Yeah, I got a buddy, he was locked, he's still locked up. Um, he, I think he got 20 years, got to do 15. He's at least been in there nine, because he went in there when my um, son was like, just I got born, and he was like, he could like, he's... He should be able to get out, but because of COVID, it slowed everything down, and he, you know, still in there. He didn't uh, got his GD, all the different stuff, moved locations, did everything right, but because of that, that slowed down the process. Right. Now it's picking back up, so he can possibly get out early because right. he's done everything that he's supposed to. So I know that, like talking to somebody that was that was in there. Like, and hearing all the different stuff that's going on is crazy. Right. Like, even just the stories he would tell. But what what um, what um you said earlier, it was somebody that had a couple hundred years and they smiling. Like, every time I talk to him, it's never been, yeah. like, he been down. It's like, he's always, like, in a good mood or whatever. I don't know if it's because he's able to talk to somebody. When, you, when you're going through things like that, you try to, like, uh, you see a lot of people not really just focus on the problem, they focus on the solution. And that's how you go come out to be the same type of individual to try to find a solution. You could, you know, pity party, you know, it's, and I don't be want nobody to feel sorry for me. I just need prayer and I need help. And I do know the power of prayer. Prayer will fix a lot of things, you know. And you're thinking like, man, uh, well, money and this, that, and third, prayer is more valuable than money, you know. Yeah, I like what you said. You don't want nobody to put pity on you. Like I feel that same way. I ha- yeah. I hate when somebody be like, "You need help." Did I ask you for help? If I ain't asked you for help, don't ask me if I need help because I can do it. Like people be like, "Oh, can you?" Yes, I can do anything you can. I can probably do a lot of right, things you right. can better. Like that's one thing. Don't put no pity on me. Don't yeah. don't treat me no certain way. Let me get in the room and let me do yeah, me, let me and, do and, and, and see what's going to happen. Yeah, just give me the opportunity like you would give anybody else. And, and I, I got the rest from here because I know who I am. I know what kind of person I am. And that's the my, same with you. My, my, I, I got a sister, man. My sisters, man, they all powerful, man. Like I got, I'm like the only boy, you know. Mm-hmm. So my sisters is powerful. They like been my strength through it all. My daughters, my you know, my family. I got to salute my family, man. They try they put their effort in and they believe in me under these conditions and I I couldn't really do I couldn't be here right now without them you know what I'm saying I really want to say that like my sister 
they know what it is like. They, I, I really respect them. I give my heart out to them. Hey, shout out to your to your family because like. You needed people in your corner because if you didn't have people in your corner, you could, you still could have believed in yourself and been doing these things. But the way the world is, it might have, you might not, you would have believed, but you're like, yeah, it could happen, but I don't know if it really can. But having those people in your corner and being there for you, that that's big. That's big yeah. for them to do that. It, it take you know being in prison, man. So long people get content with you being in prison. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. They celebrate your days already playing with you in prison. Yeah. And you thinking every day I'm going to get out. I remember when I first start learning how to read and all that, fight my case and stuff, you know, I called Murray show for a DNA test. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's all the way different DNA than, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, they was, uh, now, man, I, I, I'm grateful, man. I got the Innocent Project and, you know, the, the Innocent Project, Notre Dame, the Exoneration Clinic. And uh, I'm pushing with them, man, and then we waiting to see, to try to hopefully justice reveal, you know. Yeah. But that's the movement I'm doing, man. My auntie, she been powerful. My mother been powerful for me. Late prayers been working, you know, and that's why I'm moving. But any, but it's a struggle for me to go to church because they like, well, children in church and this, that, and third. So I've been taking, they got me taking polygraph tests and all type of stuff, bro. So with God, man, I'm just hoping, I'm happy he on favor for me and we doing it like that, man, that's all. Yeah, yeah, because, like, just listening to your story and sitting here talking to you, I feel like it's part of the movie because uh, this sound is like a movie, like um, like Hurricane mm -hmm. or, like, a movie that somebody went and everything went bad for him, but then they got out and it ain't. Like, your story isn't like, ooh, I got out and I'm out, I'm free. It's no, I'm yeah. out and I, I'm making an impact. I want to yeah. do something. And they still trying to hold you back. That's yeah. crazy. You can't go to church. like. Yeah. So it's like you out, but you still got restrictions. So it's like, yeah. man, I'm, you free, but you're not as free as everybody would think that you yeah, are. And that, lonely, that sucks. It's lonely, man. Yeah, lonely, that, like that, that sucks, man. Like, But you're a strong individual. Just for you to be able to... Do the things that you're doing and and show up, and I'm sure you didn't hurt some no's. No, you can't do this, you can't do that, and you yep. then wiggled your way around it, and that's just how life is. Like yeah. for me, I hear no's a lot, yep. but you got to make the adjustments, or it's something I might not be able to do, and nobody else is around. I got to make the adjustment of how I can open up a can or how I can do this. Yeah, so yeah. that's the same thing with you. So, um, give listeners three tips on. If they they not they might not be incarcerated, they might just be in a hole in their life. Three tips of how they can get out of that hole or three tips that can help them to get themselves out of that hole. Okay. Uh well, I'm looking at this the camera. Yeah. yeah. I uh I promise you prayer is powerful. And what you give out is what you go come back in, you know. Even if you at the most like hardest point in your life, like don't give up on prayer and don't reflect it to the next person because it'll show and it's go, you know, when you got a chance to say you sorry, say you sorry. You got a chance to be good people, be good people because it's, it's people that's not, you know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, just just no faith, just have faith, don't let go. God, God see you when you think people don't see. You know how... Uh, People talk behind your back. 
be that person that be different. You know what I'm saying? Be different. So what you can say behind a person back, you can say in their face. And it's easy if you're saying positive things. So just be uh, encouraging to the next person and watch how God be encouraging you. I, I love those. It's simple. And like you said, prayer is, like, important. Yeah. I, I'm one person, like, I grew up in a church, but nobody ever taught me how to pray. Yeah. So I remember I was talking to a buddy, and, and it's crazy. Um, he was like, man, I remember I was drinking and all this, and he was talking to the pastor, and he was like, God know your heart, even if you intoxicated. Yeah. And not to say that I've been intoxicated and prayed or anything, but that just let me know, be yourself and talk to God. Like, because people don't teach you how to pray. You think you got to say all these different things and be, do all this. But it's really having a conversation and telling God, like, hey, like he your friend. Like, you tell him everything like your parent. Like, when you... Uh, when you're a young child or older child, you go to your parent and you talk to them. That's how you talk to God. And when I realized that, that helped me out. But I realized you got to pray first before you go do something. And put the effort in. Yeah, you, you can't say, just pray. Accept, you got to put that effort in. Accept no. Accept it and keep moving. Like, it's going to happen. As long as God give you, like, keep going. Keep going no matter what. Keep going. I don't care about, like, right now I'm trying my best to get my art out. Like this, my voice. This my this the way I feel like I could be free is through my art. I feel like I'm the most free is through my art, you know, from children books to paintings and to everything. But I I know sooner or later God go bring the platform, God go bring the stage to me, and I'm gonna perform. Be ready for it, like you like it's already coming, you know. Yeah. But blessing is in you. You a blessing. Be a blessing to the next person. I I, I love that man. I love your your uh, positive attitude because it's out of your control. It's not like you done something to put yourself in this situation. It's out of your control. It's like you're creating all these different things and they keep telling you no. And it's just part of your journey and it's part of your story. And you got your story where you was locked up for 20 some odd years. Now you're going to have your story where you was free for 20 plus years and be able to change the world and do the things that you want. And I love that. I can tell the passion like in the art because that's how I am with basketball. If I'm playing or if I'm coaching, I love coaching. Now My body don't hoop like that. I ain't really. But I love coaching. And that's one thing that like helps me or sitting down on this couch and under this chair and talking to other people. That's what I love to do. Like life for me right now, man, if people knew what I was going through behind the scenes, boy, it ain't no joke. But when I come here and I was happy, I was like, bet I get to go and do the podcast, even though it's like, well, I don't know, you know, how such and such is going to happen, but I'm going to get there. And when I get there, it's like, whoo, this helped my day. Like your story is like very encouraging. Like it's people can't really make no excuse after hearing that. Like, I can't even make an excuse, even though, like, I deal with internal pain and all that stuff. I be in pain all the time. People never know. I got a smile on my face. But just listening to your story, it's like, man, you got to do what you need to do while you got the chance to do it. Because some people don't get the opportunity. They get it stripped away because you could have got locked up and something happened to you in there. And you might not be sitting here. Or... You, they were like, no, we we not we not letting them out. We don't care if the evidence, blah blah blah, because you know how the system works. Yeah. But you hear, and you hear to be able to change the world. I love that. So be grateful, man. Be grateful for anything. Be grateful. That's the number yeah. one thing. Like we haven't learned. Uh, I know it's hard for a lot of people because people ain't been taught to forgive. And be grateful. That's like the key. 
just being grateful is like everything. Like, man, I don't know. Like, just being grateful, man, is everything. Yeah. So I need an underdog quote. I always ask for it's whatever quote. It's a quote you live by. It's a quote you came up with. It's a quote you saw earlier today, but we need a quote. Be black history. <laughs> yeah, do black history. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it because I don't think people understand the importance of that because they look at it a certain way. So I was a preschool. Be white history. Be white history. Yeah, be history. Yeah, be history, for real. Because I, um, I was a preschool teacher. And so they like, okay, you can do whatever in your class. And I'm like, what am I going to do for black history? I've never done nothing as a, as a teacher. Um, I've always participated in other, because I was an assistant. I'm the lead teacher. So I'm like, let's do something different. We did a wax museum. Okay. So all the kids was a different black person. And they had, some of them could read the script. Some of them couldn't. But they did uh, like a poster and dressed up like the person. And I didn't do like the typical people. I did some people from now, um, like Eric Thomas. I did... Um, the girl that does golf, um, Naomi, I can't think of her last name, uh, just different people, some old, some new, because people fail to realize, like, you can be black history yeah. or you can be history just being who you are. Yeah. And you ain't got to, you know, do all these different things yeah. because Martin Luther King, he was powerful when he was here. But it's because of what he did when he was here afterwards is how he got the streets and all yeah. the awards and all those things. Yeah. So it's what you do now. And the impact you leave, and it will affect people afterwards. It ain't it ain't the effect now. It's like okay, you you gone. Can you still affect the world in a positive light yeah. when you gone? And if you can't, then I don't know if your impact is as great as you think it is. Because everybody be thinking they sweet, but everybody ain't as sweet as they think. Because mm -hmm. when you gone, you gotta have some impact, and it can't be the impact of oh my homie gone because he got shot or he. This or that. No, it's got to be an impact where it can change people's thoughts. It can change yeah. generations. Like, like, like yesterday, uh, I go to, uh, that's my first time really eating a, uh, what's this place? Chick-fil-A or something. Mm -hmm. I go to Chick-fil-A and uh, out of everybody in Chick-fil-A is a uh, homeless dude. He's like, hey, you, come here. I'm like, what's <laughs> up, man? He like, man, give me your coat. I'm like, my coat? <laughs> my sweater, man. I gave him my sweater and I kept my coat. Mm -hmm. But I just know it's like, it's stuff that people that when you don't, you never know because you never know how that going to come back. You know what I'm saying? When you give, it's going to come back no matter what it is. Oh, uh, the other day, I was at the gas station uh, with my friend coming out. It's a lady, I, uh, lady in front of me. She got some change. She's just getting a little half a gallon of milk. She give him the change. She's like, oh, I got the rest on my card. Her card declined. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Someone said, pay for it. I pay for whatever I got. I walk outside, still saying pay for it. And I see her over there in her car, and I see she fumbling and looking for more change. Right. She ain't really got it. So I went back in. I was like, hey, I'm going to pay for this. Dude was like, here. I was like, no, it's not for me. It's for the lady. So I went back outside. I was like, hey, don't worry about looking for your uh, for no more change. I paid for it for you. She's like, thank you so much. I don't know what that could have. It could have been for her kids or whatever. But something told me to pay. And sometimes that happens where something tell you to do it and you don't do it. But it's like, man, it's only $3 and some change. I got it. Boom, here you go. Because that could have been for her kids. And like you said, you never know what that was for and how that's going to come back on you. But you're always supposed to do the right thing because 
When, when what you want, do, you have to you give. Do the right thing when nobody looking. Yep. That's what's gonna make you who you are. That's what define who you really are. Yep. Like not when everybody looking, cause everything could be recorded. Anybody could play it. Now I see now everybody living for likes out here. So yeah, just do the right thing when nobody looking. Yep. You know? You're supposed to do the right thing just cause it's the right thing, yeah. not because you want to video record it or whatever. Because if you do the right thing, the right thing gonna happen to you. That blessing gonna come back if you're a blessing, man. I like I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, because this I is good. I want to show you some more art too. Yeah, and we could we could talk about that. Maybe you could show me how to do art so I can, I can make me a picture. Too. Yeah, because I, I like I love art. I love going to an art museum. I love seeing that stuff. I love to color and and um and paint, but it's like the drawing part. You don't gotta know how to uh draw the paint though. Cause paint can be easier to you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I dab, I do a lot of dab type of thing. Yeah, I've I've myself. done different. Um, like I went to paint and twist and done stuff. I've painted rooms, so I I like if somebody told me to go paint a room, that's kind of therapy. If I got right, my right, music right, in right. there, I'm jamming. I could go and paint a room and, and be cool. So I definitely love that, and definitely gotta have you back on, man. I appreciate who you are as a person because you ain't you haven't been able to do what you. Are plan to do yet it's coming and so when you're able to do that and the world sees who you are and they get to hear your story it's going to be able to change the world it's going to be able to change a lot of people in the world because you have one of those stories like you could really go and get the right directors and have a movie to see what you've been through and be like dang that was that's totally messed up when i heard about your story like you know you see it on tv and movies but to actually like sit down and be able to talk to somebody that went through that like man, that's that's crazy. So I salute you for not giving up and to continuously doing what you're doing, even with the restrictions you got, even with them telling you no, you still out here every day waking up, seeing how you can go and change the world. So keep being great, man. Keep doing you and don't let them them no stop you. I know it's days where it's hard, you hard on yourself, but it ain't your fault. And God gonna turn it around for you. And I'm a however I can uh help by uh, promoting this uh, episode and, and putting it in the right people's hands or just sharing it with the right people to be able to help you, man. I'm going to do as best as I can. But I appreciate you coming on and telling your story. We didn't, have, we didn't even have to go deep into it because people understand yeah. what it was. But I love how you always have been positive through the whole thing. Because I know damn well you put me in a holer in there. I'm going to go crazy. Like that one day I did, I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to do nothing that's going to put me in a situation where I need to go behind bars. Because the crazy thing, my son, he was only one. I missed Father's Day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, heck no, I can't. How do I miss Father's Day? And like he was asleep when I got, when I finally got out, he was, uh, he was asleep. So I didn't, he didn't really even get to see me. And his mom had a uh, this picture. I still got it. He had my shoes on, and it had a little cute words in it. And just it meant a lot. Like being a father meant a lot. So I know, like now, you're able to be a father and a grandfather. Gonna mean a lot to you. But I always like to give people their flowers um, on my show. That's why they come on because they're doing something dope in life, and they're a dope individual. Um, give us. I, I hate saying a closing word. It sounds like church, but give us a, a something to close us out. Just uh, be grateful. Be grateful for today. Be grateful for yesterday. Be grateful for every day. Yeah, that's about it.
Just be grateful. Keep being great. Yeah. Amen.